Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I just want to thank Pastor Matt for the opportunity to come up on this pulpit again. It's a very serious thing to open up the Word of God for others. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, this evening. So Philippians chapter 3 is a very common passage of scripture. A lot of us probably know it from our time in, in junior church, in youth groups and whatnot. Um, but I kind of want to take a different look at it. So we'll start at verse 8. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus." Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if, any, if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Let's go ahead and bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to speak your word, Lord. I pray you may be with me. Give me the words to speak, Father. I pray you may be with the congregation, Lord. I pray they may have ears to hear, Lord, and that you may work in their heart, and that you may use me to speak your word, Lord. I pray this may be a profitable time. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so today I kind of wanted to focus on, once again, a very familiar verse. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But before I want get into that, I kind of wanted to give some background because I feel like Philippians is a very, is a epistle taken very much out of context. So the church at Philippi was the first church that Paul had established in Europe. And the church had become very faithful in giving to Paul's ministry and we're one of the only churches to go out of their way to do so, to go out of their way to find Paul, find where he's staying at, and to support him. And Philippians was written while Paul was imprisoned in Rome. And despite that, overall, the theme of this epistle is joy in the Lord. The word joy is used by Paul about 20 times throughout the epistle. So while Paul is sitting behind bars with his crime being serving the Lord, he encourages other believers to rejoice in the Lord and to be happy serving them. So as I mentioned, one of the verses is commonly taken out of context. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Right? Many times this verse is used, to, is used by people to kind of fuel their own motives. Right? I can, do, I can be the most successful person in the world because I have Christ at my side. I can be the richest person in the world because Christ strengtheneth me. But in reality, Paul is encouraging the Philippians by explaining that he was able to overcome all those obstacles, the persecution, being in jail, because he had Christ at his side. So in 
When Paul says in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, he encourages the believers in Philippi to keep running the race that they have been running and that they have been faithful thus far, but Paul urges them to continue doing so. So as a kid, I was always asking questions a lot. My brother could attest to that. I was always asking, like, why do we do this a certain way? Why is this the way it is? Why do we do that like that? So typically, as I, was, as I read my Bible, typically I ask the same kind of questions, right? Why does this happen? Why do the Israelites do this? So as I was reading this verse, I kind of thought, press toward the mark, right? Well, why do we press towards the mark, right? And this passage kind of, give, kind of gives us a couple points to look over. So first, I'm going to take a look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, just a couple verses behind. First, the, the passage of Scripture shows us that our race is never over. Philippians, verse, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made comfortable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Right? So Paul in verse 10, 10 explains that his goal is to know Christ to the fullest extent possible. Then in verse 12, Paul says, Paul explains that he has yet to attain this goal, nor is he perfect. Paul, who had done so much in the Lord, who had planted churches, who had preached the, Lord, preached the word of the Lord to so many people, explains that he still has a long way to go in his spiritual journey. The word attain that we see in verse 12 can also be used to mean arrived. So in other words, Paul says, I, ha I have not yet arrived to the goal of the perfect knowledge of Christ. Despite that, there are a lot of people in this world, though, that think that they have arrived, right? They think that they are perfect. They have arrived at the finish line. They're perfect. They're sinless. But we know what the Bible says about that, right? Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? If any man can be perfect, then Christ died for nothing. If any man could 100% be righteous through their own ability, then Christ died for nothing. And if any man can be perfect, then there is no race to be run. But the Bible does refer to a certain individual other than Christ as perfect, and that's Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 15 says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. So when Satan was an angel still in heaven, he was perfect, and then obviously he came down and fell. So the idea of being perfect or sinless in today's world, I feel, is a tactic used by Satan to take away from the sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary's cross, to take away from salvation. If Satan was once perfect, he's going to want you to think that you too can be perfect, that you too do not need the sacrifice of anybody else, that you don't need to do anything. You're perfect. That's what he wants you to think, right? So then what's the, what's the significance of us never being able to be perfect in our human bodies, in our human forms? It means that our spiritual journey is a race that never ends means it's a race that we have to keep on running and running and running. Because of our fleshly sin nature, we can never truly reach the finish line here on earth. The perfection that Paul also mentions in verse 12 is the perfection achieved in heaven when we are freed from sin and from our human flesh. Turn with me, if you will, to Philipp uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48.
you can keep your finger in Philippians if you haven't done so. Verse 48 says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. So in here, Christ commands us to be perfect as God the Father is perfect. But because we can never be as holy and as righteous as God is, that means there's always room to be more like him. You can always be more like Christ. Pastor Matt, who has been preaching for many, many years, I'm sure to this day is still learning. Every time he opens up his Bible, he's still getting something out of it, right? So, therefore, we must continue and constantly press toward the mark to continue growing closer to the Lord. Because there will never be a moment in your spiritual journey where you know enough, where you know all you need to know, right? As Pastor Matt mentioned, in two years, I'll be graduating uh, with a degree computer science, Lord willing, and when I graduate, I will pretty much know, hopefully, everything there is to know about computer science, right? I might have to touch up on certain topics, certain areas, but for the most part, probably never have to open a computer science textbook ever again. But there's never going to be a moment where, as, a, as any of us, as Christians, are going to know everything about Christ. There's never going to be a moment where the Bible is not of use to us anymore. So, Philippians shows us that our race is never over, but also we must press toward the mark to reach forth. Uh, you can go back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13 reads, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Is that the right yeah, brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for, I'm sorry, verse 12, I'm sorry. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Verse 13 was right. Brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before so recently, uh, I think a, two Sundays ago, we had the missionary to China come visit us, Pastor or missionary Gene Harmon, and you know his story was very, very inspirational, uh, very inspiring. But what really stuck to me was the story of kind of how he ended up in China. Right? Someone pretty much called them up and said, "I can get you a job in China. Just send me your resume. Send me me and your wife's resumes." And so he sent them their resume. And a couple days later, he got a call back, right? Someone from the university says, I can get you a job. You just got to be here in seven days. So Brother Harmon, for so long, had been looking for a way to get into China, a way to minister to the people. And in that moment, God had opened the door for him and his family to go to China, to move to China. And all Gene Harmon had to do was go through that door. All he had to do was reach forth to the opportunity that God had put before him. A lot of times, God is going to knock down the dominoes just right in our life for us to give us an opportunity to serve him, right? Many times, all the hard work is, is already going to be done, right? Pastor Harmon did not have to go find a reason to get a visa. He did not have to find somewhere to stay. He did not have to find a job. All of that was figured out for already. All he had to do was go and actually reach forth, right? And unfortunately, sometimes... That's the biggest obstacle for us to overcome, to actually reach forth. If we look back at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, the second half of it, it says, But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also 
I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. The word apprehended here can also be used to mean lay hold of, right? Lay hold of. So in other words, but I follow after, if that I may lay hold upon that for which also I am laid hold upon of Christ Jesus. Here Paul says, I seek after the things that Christ has for my life, the same things that he saved me for. Right? God did not save anyone sitting here in this room for no reason, for them to just continue living the life that they were living in the past. So when Paul got saved, he did not just go back to his house and call it a day and take a nap. Right? When we are saved, God has a purpose for our life, but it is up to us to seek after that purpose. All of Paul's ministry and all the work he did for the Lord <clears throat> was not some sort of happy coincidence. He did not accidentally preach the gospel. He did not accidentally share the gospel with others. He did not accidentally plant churches, right? Rather, it was the actions taken as a result of his burden to serve the Lord and see souls saved. But many of us here today, though, may have some sort of burden, right? We may have a burden to share the gospel with others, to work with young people, work with children, or to just preach the word of God or just serve God in any capacity. But some of us ignore those burdens, Right? We push those burdens to the side and we try to ignore them and hope they go away. Right? But what good are those burdens if we do not do anything with them? Right? God burdens us with certain things and for certain roles, but it's us, it is up to us to do something with them. And then if those burdens go to waste, it all becomes a game of what if. Right? What if I sought after Christ? What if I served the Lord? What if I fully chased after the Lord and all he had. And obviously, me standing up on this pulpit today, I'm not God, and I do not know what Christ, what God has for any of us sitting here today. Neither do I know what he has for me. But none of us are going to know unless we reach forth. Uh, Pastor Harmon mentioned that in his ministry in China, he's brought, I think, a couple hundred thousand Bibles, I believe, right, to, to China and they planted multiple churches and have hundreds of people attending every service. But can you imagine if he did not reach forth? If he did not actually take the opportunity that God had for him? Right? All those people that now have access to a Bible, that can now just read the word of God, that can just go to church, all of them would probably still be lost and would be destined for eternal damnation. Hebrews, uh, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. You keep your finger, once again, in Philippians, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Verse 20 reads, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So a lot of us, when we push those burdens aside, we might think it's because that we are incapable of serving the Lord. We are incapable of spreading the gospel, of serving the Lord, of preaching, of whatever. But this verse shows us that it's God working inside of us, God preparing us, and God equipping us to serve him, right? And that only happens when we allow him to, when we press towards the mark, 
We cannot expect God to give us the ability to do such great things for him if we cannot even run the race for him. So why press towards the mark? We press towards the mark because our race is never over. We press towards the mark to reach forth the opportunities that God has for us. And we press towards the mark for God. Uh, turn back to Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 18. Verse 18 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is in their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So here Paul <clears throat> warns us about those who claim to press towards the mark for God, right? People who seem to be serving the Lord, but in reality, they value the worldly things a whole lot more. Very recently, I was uh, watching a documentary about, I'm sure some of you watched it, about one of the, the most biggest, I guess, non-denominational churches in the world. And it was kind of showing, like, the, their pastor and everything that was going on in the church. And, you know, every time it showed the pastor preaching, he was always kind of dressed up, like, wearing tight skinny jeans, wearing you know, a tight shirt, leather jacket, jewelry, long hair, boots on, and very rarely would it ever show him actually opening up the Word of God when he was preaching, right? It was usually just him with the microphone kind of walking around, strutting around the stage, and just talking. And this, this pastor would, you know, hang around a lot of celebrities. He'd wear expensive clothing, and he had thousands and thousands of followers on every platform of social media, Right? But instead of trying to do the work of the Lord, I would say he was trying to elevate his status and elevate the image and the way people perceived him. Right. This man, though he was a pastor, was not pressing towards the mark for God. Instead, I'd say he was pressing towards the mark for man or for self or for pleasure. Right? And I don't necessarily say all this to, to bash him or to come at him, right? I say it because a lot of times we can fall victim to that too usually with the smaller things, right? If we're not careful, we begin to say, oh, I have to read my Bible, or I have to go to church, or I have to pray. But if we look at Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 14, it says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We must remember that serving God and living for God is a prize and not some sort of chore. It's not something that we're forced to do or something we do because other people do it. It's a prize. And we have to remember that it's not, I have to read my Bible. It's not, I have to go to church. It's not, I have to pray. It's, I get to read my Bible. I get to go to church. I get to pray. Right? You get to talk to God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Right? But, and think of all those other people in other countries like China, right, who are persecuted for reading their Bible, for going to church, and for praying, right? They are killed for doing these things, and we have the opportunity to do them, but sometimes we just do it going through the motions, or just because, like I said, we have to. So it's important that we remember who this race is for, right? We don't run it for the attention, for, the, for people's opinions on us, right? We run it for God and God solely. If you turn back a couple verses to verse 8, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, where we started, 
It says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So Paul did not care that he had to give up all of these worldly things and all his worldly possessions, right? He did not care that he had to forfeit his status that he had in prior times, right? But why? Why did he not care? Because he knew that serving the Lord was something more valuable than anything the world had to offer him, right? And it's important that we, we have this mentality too, right? That, you know, we don't take our eyes off the end goal. That's, that's what comes at us sometimes. We get distracted by the temporary things the world has to offer, and we forget about eternity and what we get in heaven. So, I actually went a little too fast, so I'm kind of at my conclusion, fortunately. Uh, but I'll conclude with this. So whether we realize it or not, all of us are pressing towards a mark. Some of us are pressing towards the mark of the world, and some of us are pressing toward the mark for God. But there's no such thing as in-between. There's no such thing as getting to a certain point in your spiritual, spiritual journey and saying, I think I'll just stay here, or I think I like it here. I'm going to just stop right where I'm at. One of my favorite Bible verses is Joshua 24:15. So you can turn there with me, if you'd please. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Verse 15 reads, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I like that verse because Paul kind of says, I mean Paul, Joshua kind of says here, I do not care what, what you guys are doing, I am going to serve the Lord and I am going to choose the Lord. So choose this evening, choose who you want to run the race for. The world or for God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to open up your word, Lord. I pray that ears were open, Lord, and, and they got the congregation and everyone watching and everyone listening, Lord, got something out of this time, Lord, that it was a profitable time and that your work and your will will be advanced, Lord. Pray us in your holy and precious name.